ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of That's Entertaining. This week, we continue on our journey to The Force Awakens with Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. Joining me yet again today, blown in by the cyclonic weather patterns that we're experiencing now in the central Illinois area, Mr. Alex Dewey. Alex, welcome back. Thanks, Nathan. It's been a really long time since we've done one of these. It feels like it has. Right? Because you were gone. I was gone. I think there was another week in there where I just couldn't do the podcast. I think it's been like a month. It's been a little while. It has. How you been? I've been good. Good. Since we last talked, I had Extra Life. I had... We got lots to talk Halo about. Halo came out. Battlefront. Battlefront. Um, is. Well, Madden, I'm playing Even though I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I don't. I wasn't going to bring it up. If we you have, want to, you can. No, we, we have news. We have to report. <laughs> we can't be... Uh, and then the other thing that happened recently, obviously, Spectre, mm-hmm. which you haven't seen. I have not seen yet. So we had Carl try to fill your tremendous shoes. And, you know. Some Brit humor there. I'm sure he did a great job. It, it felt appropriate to yeah. have Carl here. <laughs> I agree. And some of the feedback I've heard from some of the listeners is they enjoyed it and they want more. So mm-hmm. maybe in the future we'll have to get Carl back on. More Carl. I agree. It's like <laughs> cowbell, right? You just need more. I got a fever. <laughs> And the only subscription, or prescription, <laughs> is Mokal. <It's> Mokal. <laughs> so, it, it was a pleasure to have him on, and he will be returning, I'm sure, at some point. But I'll, I'll let you expound on your what you've been doing in a second. I don't want to take up a ton of time, because I can talk about Star Wars Revenge of the Sith for forever. I know, it's, it's really bad, isn't it? How you can just keep... Yeah. Not just you, I mean, how we... <laughs> Uh, I thought you were going to talk about how the movie was really bad. I was, like, oh, no. I was giving you a stink eye for a second. No, no. So, um, but first, so Halo 5 came out. Mm-hmm. My Extra Life was shortly after Halo 5, and I didn't get a chance to play any of it until my Extra Life, obviously. So I played sure. the entirety of the Halo 5 campaign. I haven't really played much multiplayer except for co-op of the campaign. I played with Carl. Uh, for for some of that. It was about eight hours, I think, it took us to do that. Okay. And so we were able to continue and complete the entire campaign in my Extra Life stream, which if you go back and watch the archive footage, you can enjoy some of the interesting antics that ensued. Brian also jumped in and helped uh, for a little bit. And, you know, that game reminds me a lot of Destiny in a way because the way it's the missions are designed, you have your fire team. And so, you know, you got fire team Osiris or blue team. And, uh... In Halo, or I'm sorry, in Destiny, you, you do your missions, you got your two people that you're with, they can mm-hmm. revive you and things like that. In this, it's kind of like that, where you get revived by your AI teammates, or if you have an actual person playing, they'll revive you as well. So right. it's a different dynamic to, to having that revive option in the campaign this time. It's, it's, it, it feels a lot different, feels fresh, feels interesting. And have you played any of it yet of the campaign? I played a little bit of the first mission. I'm I'm actually on the opposite opposite end of the spectrum as you, of course, right? We, yes, we've I've established this. The majority of the multiplayer and very little of the campaign. Um, it, it's different because you don't expect that revive option available in Halo, but it makes sense. It makes more sense to have a revive option than to have the person flat out die and then just respawn five seconds later mm-hmm. in the same spot. It makes more sense that they're down and you have to revive them. So, I, and again, I mean, judging multiplayer and campaign aside, the feel of the game is really good. It feels good. It's smooth. It's crisp. Um, Buttery. Yeah. I feel, 
I feel for the first time in a Halo game, I feel like a real super soldier. Really? In a sci-fi, yeah. So I, I got a little bit of a difference of opinion there because okay. playing as Master Chief in the previous games, he could take a lot of hits. And but I was playing, so we, we played through heroic, so that could, you know, influence something about that. But I felt like I died easier now. Maybe it's the gadgetry that I'm speaking about then. Maybe it's about the fact that you can do the ground pound, you have the thruster pack, um, and there, there are qualities that are built into the Spartan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I feel like it's, it's more sci-fi, and it's you know more like a super soldier type thing. Whereas, I know the previous versions of Halo, I'm excluding Halo 4 because I didn't play it too much and it was trash. <laughs> um, it, it was more of a stripped-down version of Halo, where you basically just had your guns, you had a grenade... In Reach, you had you know one ability that you could use, but they always felt like add-on abilities besides sprint. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, like I said, I played a lot of multiplayer, and it's still really competitive. The uh, Halo Five. The Halo Five. Yeah, there's a few. There's a few things that still irk me about Halo multiplayer. There's too many grenades. <laughs> there's way too many grenades. Mm-hmm. And. Um, the thruster pack and sometimes even basic movements will mess with the shot registration. Um, so, you know, that's something that hopefully that can get patched or, uh, you know, altered along the way. My biggest complaint still is the fact that they removed the split screen. Right. And this game is built more than any other, it seems, for split screen play. Absolutely. But, you know, and I was talking to you about this. If I want to play Halo with you side by side... We have to have over $1,000 of equipment in the room with us. Isn't that ridiculous? Two Xbox Ones, two, you know, uh, Halo 5 discs for 60 bucks at least, and then and then a couple screens to play on. That's ridiculous. That We should be able to sit down. I think it's even ridiculous to say that it costs $500 for both of us to play, but that's what the, the console is the majority of that. But right. I understand the reasoning for it is that they wanted full 60 frames. You can still achieve that, but if I want to play split screen, I'd like to have the option to, and I'll split those frames in order to play with my buddy that's in the room with me. Mm-hmm. I'd still like to have that option. So I'm still, I'm still hoping that for Halo Six, Halo Five is still going to be a successful game. I'm still going to play it. We're going to play it separately, can't together, but, <laughs> but, uh, and I hope in Halo Six they they rethink this and they they put it back the way that it was because I still want to have that big LAN party sometime. And I want to be able to get a projector and split it four times on my screen. And if I if I do that, I'm not going to get full 60 frames fine. But it's to my detriment mm-hmm. that I split those. You know, somebody you else make plays. the decision. You understand the cost exactly. And I still want that option. So, those are my thoughts on Halo Five. <laughs> uh, it, and the story was interesting of this game. I'm not going to go into spoilers or anything on the story of Halo Five, but. It's a interesting progression, and a lot of people right now are complaining about the marketing, how the marketing wasn't what the game ended up being, but, mm. you know, marketing is hardly ever what the product ends up being. You don't want to reveal everything. Yeah, and... Is it misleading, though? No, I don't really think it is. I heard that the story from a couple people, obviously, I haven't played it because it's, you know, campaign. Because it's single player? It's single player. <laughs> but I heard that the story in itself was confusing, is that... Any truth to that? I mean, from sitting down and playing through, you know, in one sitting, I was able to figure out what was happening in the story, what what was going on. 
I mean, towards the end, because I was doing a marathon, I was getting a little tired, and I was oh, kind of yes. not paying attention <laughs> a lot at right. the end. But uh, I'd have to go back and just rewatch either some cutscenes or just replay some of those levels. Sure. I mean, the, the story seemed fine to me. I just, I don't understand what a lot of people are, are complaining about as far as the they lied to you type marketing campaign, because they didn't. Mm-hmm. What you see in... What you see in the marketing is an interpretation of the story without giving it away. Right. So and you I have a unique fine. perspective over everybody else because you actually did it straight through. Mm-hmm. I know you're a little bit tired towards the end, but you went through the story. It's like watching a movie almost, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, from beginning to end. So I'm going to write it down. Halo campaign, not confusing. <laughs> We're marking it down. There you go. Uh, and, you know, I, I mentioned that that was part of my extra life, and I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to and thank for all the listeners that were, they were able to jump on the stream, play with me, uh, or even donate to the cause to let other people know. It really means a lot in whole uh, on Extra Life, which you can still donate if you like to. Uh, that website is extra-life.org slash participant slash NT. Um, and currently, uh, raised were yeah, – I doubled – was able to get double my my goal, wow. so I, I surpassed last year's total, and this year's total was two thousand one hundred and eighty dollars as of now. Uh, I know that some people are still saying that they're going to uh, donate to the cause, which is amazing and great, um, and I appreciate every donation that goes towards the children's hospital. Obviously, it, it all goes towards the kids, um, so that's that's the important thing. It goes to helping the the children, and I just wanted to thank out uh, Dan Anthony, Brian Walden. Ed Placencia, Josh, Oaks, Jason, Lacey, and I'm sure I'm forgetting others that stopped by. Carl, obviously, mm-hmm. um, that stopped by and played with me or just kind of urged me on or talked with me towards the end. And just at the very end, I was going insane. Pretty sure if you ask anybody that was on the voice <laughs> chat that I was just laughing at everything, I felt like I was going insane. I haven't gone back to listen to the audio yet, oh but I'm gosh. sure it will just be like proof to put me in a mental institution. <laughs> So what did you use to keep yourself awake? Monster. Monster, okay. I only had to have three cans. It felt easier for me to do it this year, my 24-hour marathon, than mm-hmm. the year before. And maybe because I had, you know, Carl playing with me in, in the beginning hours of the early morning, then Brian hopped in, we were playing Halo. Right. Um, and so maybe that helped me, like just energized me through it, because the campaign was pretty fun. What a great year to do something like this, right? Yeah. And what a great time of year mm-hmm. in games. You had so much at your disposal to do, and you were probably so entertained by it, no pun intended. It was very entertaining. It was very entertaining. <laughs> that, I mean, it probably just flew by. Yeah. So, that's I mean, great. it was it was great to have the option. I mean, I had other games that I wanted to play that I just didn't get a chance to. Sure. So, I, I know I'll forget a game that I played, but I think I started out with some Destiny just to kind of get the things what? going. Where you know, was I? Was I at work? Yes. Oh, darn it. Uh, why would you do this to me? <laughs> Uh, so I started out with a little Destiny just to kind of test stuff out. I had some technical difficulties with some hardware I bought. Uh, I figured that out later in the day, but I just reverted back to last year's method of streaming straight from the Xbox, and it worked yeah. out well. Um, and I played, obviously, Halo 5. That was the main feature. Jackbox Party Pack 2. It was fun. Um, that was fun because I had it set where people could join in, and so people that weren't there in the room with me that were just watching the stream could go to the website, put in a code, and play with me. Is it like a trivia yeah, kind of like, okay. you ever hear of, you don't know Jack? You don't know Jack, that's yeah, why. that okay. kind of line. Perfect. So that was fun. We were streaming at work too, by the way. You know that, for, right? For a little while until someone did something that shouldn't have been done. And it wasn't really even that bad. For so. the record, I didn't even see it. So <laughs> It happened to be the point where our manager was walking by and was like, huh. <laughs> so that's what happened. 
Um, and then I played The Swindle, Rogue Legacy, uh, Need for Speed, the new one, which is complete garbage. Oh is my. it? Terrible. Yep. I know they've been going down here. EA Access, free thank you for saving me whatever, any money at all on that, because that was terrible. <laughs> Doesn't that kind of backfire on them, though? In a way? So I'm, I'm going to say it now. They have sold more games to me via EA Access than not. So, like... I wasn't going to buy uh, Madden 16, honestly. I was just going to play it, you know, get my fill of it. But then I was like, oh, I like this. I'm going to buy it. Uh, I want to buy the PGA Tour game mm-hmm. because I played that on EA Access and I really enjoyed it. But I didn't want to pay, like, the full, like, 60 bucks for yeah, it. It's so it's lacking too much customization features in order to yeah, warrant Yeah, but it was fun. Yeah, good, good sure, gameplay. sure. Um, and I have another point I'll, I'll joke I'll make about Madden later. Oh, okay. Uh, and then uh, I did play Madden, obviously, on, mm-hmm. on that stream. I played a game with Dan Anthony. Uh, but Need for Speed is trash. Just stay away from that. Um, it's kind of like a quality control thing for their customers, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great... EA Access, I've talked about it before, is a great value for multiple reasons. A, you get the discount. It's yep. 30 bucks a year. That's, a whole year. And you get all these games around the vault. And you, if you get a game that comes out, you can play it five days early. Like, you can play Battlefront right now. I know. People are like, I can't wait till next Tuesday. And I'm like, oh, I'm about to go home, home and play. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so EA Access is a great... Thing because you you get a ton of value if you have an Xbox One. It's definitely a no-brainer. Absolutely, I agree. Uh, Pagel Two, obviously, it's not an extra life marathon without Pagel Two. That's my tradition now. Oh, and then I also played a Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U with Jason Lacey. I love that game. It I I forgot literally forgot how to play the game. I forgot where the buttons were. I was yeah. using the, like the Pro controller. Okay. Because so I was it like, looks like an Xbox controller. Type yeah. Thing. So yeah. I was using that, and I was like, forget this. I got my own GameCube controller because I had the adapter. <laughs> oh, awesome. I used that, yep. and then I was actually able to, to play a little bit more competently. Still, I don't think I ever beat Jason. Jason's just too good at this game. Oh really? Um, oh, okay. And Jason, obviously, our friend Jason. from the Flux to Pose podcast, also. Uh, sometimes we record podcasts called Holocron Council, but that's been away for a while. But uh, <laughs> it's it was a great time, uh, and it was obviously a great success to be able to raise the money for the kids. As of now, Extra Life in total, I think, raised, has raised about $6.8 or $6.7 million this year. Wow. Uh, and that's all for the children's hospitals across the country. That's great. So it's great. Uh, I will most likely be doing it again next year. And maybe even stepping it up a bit. So um, maybe at some point in the next you know, few months, I might start brainstorming, maybe getting more people involved and seeing if any people want to join in and do like a bigger group. Oh, yeah, so, definitely. It'd be interesting. So um, other than that, normal TV stuff. And then last night, I stayed up too late. So here's what happened last night. Here, it wasn't my intention. <laughs> I, I I had to watch Star Wars Episode Three a little later in the evening than I usually would, uh, so it got done watching it about midnight, maybe twelve thirty. Okay. Saw a tweet. Hey, EA Access has Battlefront now. Click download. Watch it go through the the download option. While I was waiting for it to download, I downloaded the app, the companion app for Battlefront, and started playing the little game that was on there. And then it was done. I looked at the clock. I was like, okay, I can get a couple rounds in. I'll, I'll just see what happens. I load it up, and I just do, like, the training tutorial stuff and just some solo stuff. I didn't do any multiplayer yet. Just all the training Wait stuff. Wait for me. I gotcha. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I can't play multiplayer without Alex. <laughs> so I was just doing that to get the controls down. I, you know, adjust the sensitivity, change the button layout a little bit. I've got the Elite controller, by the way, uh, so I was using that for well, my actual stream. I haven't made use of the paddles yet on the bottom. I intend to, okay. uh, but I just need to figure out a good way to map them 
the buttons that I want to have for those uh, pedals because then you don't have to take your thumbs off the sticks yeah. and just use the uh, sticks all the time. My plan is I'm going to actually trade in my Xbox One consoles separately. You're going to get the Elite? And I'm going to get the Elite console that comes with the Elite you controller. Know, you should get that. You should get the Halo bundle. That can that console and the controller, the color scheme looks really good. How much? Well, I might get one. I mean, because I have three Xbox Ones. So how, Ridiculous. How dude. much? How much more is the Halo console bundle? Is like fifty bucks more. The Halo console bundle, because it comes with a limited edition of Halo Five, uh, is probably going to be a hundred. Five hundred. Okay. I think it's the yeah. same cost as the Elite. The Elite doesn't come oh, with any it's games. The same, it's the same cost. Oh, well, then I'm just going to get all Halo Five then. <laughs> but you get the Elite controller. Yeah, and that's that's a hundred and fifty dollar value built into the the price of the console, right? right? And then and you get the, the, the terabyte solid state. Solid state, uh, I think, hi- is going to improve. It's a hybrid. Track. It's a hybrid. Okay. Yeah. Has it, I, I'm a, I'm hoping that it increases performance, but I do need increased capacity regardless. Um, and it's only going to cost me like two hundred bucks. Why wouldn't I do that? Microsoft's want you to ask that question. Why wouldn't you do it? Just yeah. do it. So it was. I don't know. Somewhere it's, Microsoft's it's like, yes, we got another sucker. Yep, because they listen. We know they listen. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I, I would I would recommend the, the new controller just for the feel of it. It feels like a quality controller. Yeah. Um, rubberized buttons. It's got the hair trigger locks, which I've made use of a little bit to try to test them out. Sure. You don't have to pull the trigger the entire way to fire the gun on, like, you know, Halo or something like that. Right. I think my biggest thing is that each button is completely customizable. You know, I want this button to do this. Mm-hmm. Oh well, you know that button scheme isn't built into the game. So and I think you it. can actually. I think you can now because there's an Xbox accessories or something. There's a new app that they released. Okay. That I think you can go to any controller and map them now. Oh really? I think. Don't quote me on that. Okay. But I've only done it on the Elite controller, obviously. So. But okay. yeah. Well, that'd be good to do then. I'm still gonna want the Elite controller, so you're not. Yeah talking me out of that one which uh we can kind of segue into this now but i didn't tell you this when we played our game on madden oh boy i was using the elite controller oh oh (laughs) i see i see but that's that's got to be the reason right no that was a rough game (laughs) oh that game was so close i won't go into too much detail it was a heartbreaking loss for my chicago bears to end my season but you did go on to win against Dan, right, in and the championship. Me. You went to the Super Bowl. But I lost Uh-oh. 21-28 Ugh. to the New York Bills, Buffalo Bills. So Rams and Bills Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who would have figured? I think it's safe to say that we're not going to see that in our Probably lifetime. Probably never, ever. So what does that say about... Madden, that two, they're both user control teams. Mm-hmm. And it goes to say that with our with our league, everybody from my division, the NFC West, made it to the playoffs. Yeah, so it goes to say that the computer is trash. So <laughs> the AI is trash. At the beginning of the season, it didn't feel that way though, did it? No, it felt a little difficult. But once you got adjusted to the computer's tendencies, you can you can win against the computer almost every single time unless you brain fart or you have a couple bad you know oops I fumbled and they recovered yeah um, but I I feel like if I take a team if I take a crap team like the Jacksonville Jaguars it should still be a struggle for me to beat the Green Bay Packers or you know a, a quality team even though I'm a good user controlled player it should still be a struggle for me to beat that team without the they never make a mistake because they're a computer aspect to it so yeah. i think the ai still has 
much to be desired, but at the end of the day, it's a football game, and yeah. I love it. I mean, there's still a ton of glitches and stuff that we've seen in this game, like yeah. players teleporting to catch a ball or to intercept a ball or to knock a ball down. Just like it's very frustrating, especially when you're throwing the ball and you see a receiver is open and the defender is not humanly able to make a play if you get that ball there the right amount of time. Mm-hmm. But then they go, doo, doo, doo. there it is. Yeah, they just yeah. But yeah. What have you been entertained by, Alex? I've been taking way too much time. No, that, I, I honestly, I've been so busy. I've just been able to play video games. Um, the ones that we've talked about, I've had a little exposure with, you know, Halo 5. Uh, Battlefront, I haven't played the release yet. I played the beta when it Dude, came out. Dude, I want to just go home and I know. play it. I'm and taking I'm, tomorrow off to play it, by the way. I know. You told me about this. <laughs> uh, just so you know, listeners, we found out about this yesterday <laughs> that he was taking the day off. Ah, that's fun. Um... But anyway, outside of video games, uh, watching Star Wars here and there, I still have yet to uh, watch uh, Rebels and stuff like that. I haven't seen any of Rebels yet. Um, that's going to be next week. Yep. Yeah. Uh, American Horror Story is my TV show of choice right now. So, just been watching that. Dude, it's Star Wars season. Get on the ball. <laughs> it's Star Wars season. It's Star Wars season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't have much time. My sister's getting married this weekend, so the weekend's pretty much gone. Um I'm really sad about Battlefront, but I'll I'll be able to get on and play some Sunday night. Hopefully, that'll be good. And we have a pretty big matchup this week. My Bears play your Rams in real life. In, yes, in real life. Yes, of course. So, are we gonna make a bet on this? Do you want to do you want to do a little uh, a little M M&M and M wager? You know, I think I'm gonna have to because I thought the Bears looked pretty good on Monday night. If you saw the game, I didn't see the game, but I mean the Rams looked pretty good, and they just picked up Welker. They did. So, I mean, they got they an option did. to toss down downfield. It was though. a tough loss. I, I feel like you guys should have beat Minnesota. Yeah. There were some technical issues on the field. They couldn't commuse the... the quote, quote, technical. Well, that's what they said. Where were you guys playing? In Minnesota. Oh, I see. I don't know. <laughs> were they able to use Dude, their... did you see Greg the leg kicking those, like, 60... What was it? 60... One yard field 61 goal? 61 yard. Longest for the year. For and only longest, two shy of the record. Longest for the Rams, too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. So... Setting records, taking Greg me. the leg. That's right. Good deal. They only lost by three. Yeah. In that overtime. Was, that was tough, yeah. But I, so so what do you want to do? What do you want to do here? We're doing this live on the live air. Live bet? Oh, man. Well, the M&M sounds good. I love me some M&Ms. You love M&Ms or Skittles? Uh, I love Skittles, too. But what kind of, I'll let you pick. I love candy. <laughs> so. All right. I win. I get my, my M&Ms almond. Okay. You win. What do you want? A big bag of Skittles. A big bag of Skittles. Yep. All right, there you go. I put them out for people. They come, they chat with me at my desk. It's a good time. All right. Bag of Skittles if Alex's Bears wins, or a bag of Almond M&M's if right. the Rams win, which the Rams will win. I don't know. I don't, a good game. Don't underestimate the game. Bears. You guys got a good defense, and I think you'll be able to keep us in check. I think Forte's still going to miss the game, so that's going to be tough on us, and our defense is awful, but... Um, <laughs> We might come out. We might surprise. One more thing on Madden. With that season, uh, Jared Cook completely tore up that season. And he was like the leader of receptions, yards, and I think touchdowns. And Johnny Hecker was uh, the leading passer. (laughs) Again, we're not going to go into too much detail. The, The game, you still have it on Twitch. I think it's still on Twitch, yeah. There, then they can go and they can it, It'll probably move to YouTube at some point. Oh, good. For the uh, highlight reel, okay. For, for dexterity. <laughs> or for posterity. Sorry, dexterity. De- what? Dexterity. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. 
I think we should get into Star Wars, unless there's anything else you want to talk about. No, let's do it. Because I can talk for days about Revenge of the Sith. All right. right. So we're taking the rest of the uh, afternoon off then, too? (laughs) So, ladies and gentlemen, join us as we discuss our entertaining thoughts for this week. Revenge of the Sith, the third canonical episode of the Star Wars saga. Alex, this movie is, I think, the movie that I've seen the most in theaters. I lost track about 13. 13 times? Seriously? Mm -hmm. You made fun of me for Jurassic World five times. That's it. (laughs) And I was first in line to see this movie in the Peoria area at the rave. It was called the rave at the time. Did were you did you have the same excitement for Attack of the Clones that you had for Revenge of the Sith? Uh no. Why? I don't know. Like I was younger. Okay. So, you know, at this point now I could drive my own car and I got there, I lined up and everything. And I think I was just more excited for it because it was more like online and watching the trailers and just more in the know at that time. Mm -hmm. But the excitement that I had for this movie was probably the most excitement I had for any movie at the time, but it has been surpassed and will continue to be surpassed by my excitement for The Force Awakens. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. I think I only saw Revenge of the Sith maybe two or three times, but, uh, after it came out on DVD, I've probably seen it more times than any other Star Wars at this point. And why is it that you've seen this one more? Why do you think it is? I think it's because it has the most action and what are the what are, what's the word I'm looking for? Major turning points in the whole Star Wars saga in this movie. Mhm. The most I mean number 2 doesn't really have much bearing on it on the story too much. 3 is huge. And then four, five, and six kind of play off of what happened in three. This is this is what sets the tone for the original trilogy, and I think they did an amazing job. And what it is still the longest Star Wars running, right? Is it two twenty, two hours and twenty minutes? Yeah. And I was thinking, so that may be the longest one, but it doesn't feel long at all. No, not at all. As you watch through, like when I was watching it last night, I was like, this keeps going. There's not any really lulls. There's like maybe mm. one or two. There's one or d- when and, and Anakin's what, dreaming. Yes, and when he's interacting with, uh, yeah, yeah, his sentimental I mean, acting is just awful. Yeah, <laughs> their, their relationship still don't buy it. I don't believe it for a second. There's yeah. no way, and uh, it's nothing on Natalie Portman. She's doing a great job. It's strictly just him or both of them There's together. No There's, There's nothing. Jinx, Hinks. You haven't seen Bound yet, everybody. Jinx, you owe me a big bag of Skittles. <laughs> so. You know, with this movie, I before it came out, there was the Clone Wars TV animated series. It was the micro-series by Gendy Tartakovsky um, in the style of Samurai Jack. It was like 2D animation. It was excellent. Basically, it animated the opening crawl of what we saw. You know, war. There's heroes on both sides. You know, the evil is everywhere. And then that 
the emperor, I'm sorry, the chancellor was captured by Grievous. And then that's basically where this movie takes off, right? Is where Anakin and Obi-Wan are flying around in that big space battle. That space battle, by the way. Very cool. Looks still really great. It's Yeah. And, I mean, it, it kind of alludes to Anakin's piloting abilities. A little bit. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think it does a better job showing his piloting abilities in the Clone Wars or something like that. Yeah. Than it does here. Even in Rebels. Spoiler. Uh, his <laughs> his his piloting abilities, but with with this opening scene, it just goes in there and it just starts really well done, right? And Dooku shows up for for all of five minutes, maybe. I was surprised. So when you first saw this movie, were you surprised that he died like right away? Yeah. I wasn't surprised that he died. I was surprised. Well, you that, knew that that would yeah. come at some point. I I was surprised that he wasn't in more of the movie, but uh, it's fine. Yeah, I mean it was fine. Literally, the opening scene, like he 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 goes like a punk. Yeah. So and it, I always think it's kind of funny. It's an un- unintended little joke or thing that I pick off as a joke is when he cuts off Dooku's hands. Yeah. It's like he was unarmed. Yeah. <laughs> he shouldn't have killed him. <laughs> Figuratively and literally in some ways, so. <laughs> but, yeah, it was uh, an interesting little fight. Uh, you know, Dooku always seems to want to, like, pull stuff down and trap people under things. I think that's his shtick now is pulling things down. Because in episode yeah. two, he tried to pull stuff down on them. Yoda had to stop that. This time he incapacitates Obi-Wan and then fights Anakin by himself. Do you think it's because he doesn't really want to kill? Maybe then. No, I don't think so. I, he doesn't care. He, you don't he's think a so? Sith Lord at that point. He just doesn't care. It is the first Star Wars that has a full-on lightsaber battle at the very beginning of the movie. That's true. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I thought it drew me right into the movie. I was I was there, and I was like, yes, it's on. Mm-hmm. This is what I came to see. And then I love that you had like the Chancellor sitting there watching you know, the, the fight and the battle. Yeah. And then you know, he goes to this little... Doesn't he look like the Emperor in the Death Star? Yeah. And he, he does this little thing where he's like... Ah, good Anakin. Mm-hmm. Kill him. Kill him now. And then he's like, I shouldn't, you know. And then I just love this little thing. I was like, do it. And he just does. It's... What's the look that Dooku gives him when he says, kill him? That what, what do you? What's your interpretation of the look? That I can't believe the Chancellor just said it, or I know that voice. No, he knows who the Chancellor is. Okay. He knows. <laughs> um... I think that it's just surprise. It's a betrayal type. Right. Yeah. Where he knows, like, Dooku knows the Sith and the whole rule of two thing, a master and apprentice, and he knows that he's failed, and this is what's going to happen. Seems like he would try to make more of an effort for his life. What's he going to do at that point? He lost both of his hands. He's in shock. That's true. His pride is wounded, and he feels like he should just die anyway, I'm sure, because... You know how prideful Dooku is, and the fact that he lost to Anakin, yep. and that he his hands were cut off, and that he lost in front of Sidious, yep. who he knows as Sidious, is just humiliating for him. I, I think he's resigned to it at that point. Mm-hmm. Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. He will be missed. He was actually... I, I did like his, his voice as Dooku and his presence that he always brought to the role. Yep. Um... The character of Dooku notwithstanding, but I think in the Clone Wars, he has really expanded on a lot that you kind of get to understand a little bit more about Dooku mm-hmm. and some of the other things that are there as as far as character development for that for for him. 
And like I said, I think I said it for the Clone Wars, I always felt like for them talking about how much of a swordsman Dooku is, it really left a lot to be desired. And I know that Christopher Lee was old, but they could have had a stunt person come in. Because like going from Darth Maul mm-hmm. to, to Dooku, that's the swordsman. I, I would argue that Darth Maul was the swordsman. You know what I mean? Just the pace of the lightsaber fights and, you know, his movements and everything would have been, should have been much more intense for Dooku. Yeah. So what do you think it is then that we never got, obviously Maul was killed off, right? And then we get introduced to General Grievous, who is like kind of uh, <laughs> You could say he's a swordsman because he has so many arms. I mean, <laughs> I mean, and he can, he can, you know, spin him yeah. around and stuff. I it's, mean, that'd be hard to defend. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah, but okay. So here's my thing, right? This whole character of, of Grievous, the only thing, if you look back at the, the expanded universe from before, the only thing about him is his mind and his like organs, right? Right. On in his Organ. chest. Yeah. <laughs> his little sack. <laughs> his one thing. Yeah. So, couldn't they have just as easily, instead of finding this random General Grievous, find Maul mm-hmm. and make him, like, the general? I mean, we, we get that in the Clone Wars where they go and they make... But this is before the Clone Wars actually revived Maul. Right. I'm like, why don't you just use the Maul character? Say that you caught him or you didn't catch him. You found him and you rebuilt him and it's still him. He doesn't have as much power anymore, obviously, because of just being, you know, pretty much dead and brought yeah. back to life. But, I mean, that, that's all I did with this character. Yeah. I, I would have welcomed a revived Maul. Yeah. I just, I wish they would have would have gone that route. But the the character that we get, you know, he's always, it's he's always coughing, you know, kind of mm-hmm. hacking around. I, I thought it was great in the Gendik Tartakovsky series. It gave him a reason why he was coughing. What's the reason? So, this is legend, so this isn't, you know, canon anymore. But in that, it was when he came to Coruscant to kidnap um, the Chancellor. Mm-hmm. Mace was chasing him down and was, like, crushing him and, like, crushed his lungs. Okay. And so that's why he's coughing. Interesting. So I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. Gives a little backstory there. Yeah. So, General Grievous aside, he's... I, whenever I see him, I always think of, like, the, the twirling... You know, mustache yeah. villain, you know, from like the old TV shows or whatever. Yeah. Because he's always just kind of running away and then like, Argh! and then he's he's always running away. Always, right? Yeah. So, I don't know why he's the, the revered general that he is, but in the Clone Wars it made him out. There were times where he was like this and times where he was ruthless, so he showed both sides there. But anyway, what do you think of the introduction of R2-D2 in this movie when he spews the oil out on oh, those yeah. droids and oh yeah lots on fire oh yeah that's that's something that uh we've been missing seeing from r2 in the course of the star wars series right because now we get to the point where holy crap this little guy can defend himself mm-hmm. he can attack people i think it's awesome i think uh i maybe i can hope that we see something similar from bb8 that'd be fun that'd be fun to see something like that from bb8 something uh, what was funny with, with this is, I remember this, I, 
from at least you know half the times I saw this movie in a theater, yeah, people would always laugh, clap, or cheer at that point. You know, yeah. it's R two. Exactly. Everybody cheers for R two. You you don't not cheer for R two. Yeah, because it's like, where's this been? Yeah, R two. <laughs> just just now. I mean, in the last movie, we saw him hovering around and flying around and doing yeah. stuff. But I mean, yeah, he's he's defending himself. He's fighting the Buzz Droids in the beginning with the little mm-hmm. pss, you know the little zapper. Um, yeah, it, it's fun just always seeing R two. Yeah, in those great, little great little. Uh, you know, kind of feel-good moment for the Star Wars fans. Yeah, and you know who? what other droid is in this movie but doesn't really have much to do at all? C-3PO. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just in a few scenes. He has maybe, what was it, two, three lines at most? Yeah. It's... Jar Jar's barely in this movie for probably good reason. <laughs> yeah, outcry. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like C-3PO would have had a more prominent role um, just because he was Anakin's droid. Yeah, literally, Anakin built him, right? But we see R two always chilling out with with Anakin. him instead. Yeah, you know, it's which is nice to see R two have you know. Maybe that's where he's been role. getting all these modifications. Yeah, that's a good point. That's cool. I like that point because he was he was looking at him as a little kid and being like, "What's this little thing doing?" And then he sees him in episode two and he's like, "I'm gonna do some stuff real quick." And then he does it. Yep. Tinkers around. Nice. <laughs> that, that's an interesting thought. Never thought about that. I like I like Although the way C three PO is kind of left out in the cold. Yeah, I mean you can't really add much to him. He's a protocol droid anyway. Yeah. He's designed for etiquette, not combat or whatever he right. says, not destruction. Anakin got bored with him. Yeah, he's like you were you were my you know my first attempt. I'm not gonna, you're you're done. You were my sand droid yeah. when all I had was sand around me. <laughs> you remind me of sand. It gets everywhere. <laughs> it's coarse, just like you. Oh God. <laughs> So you sound like him too. It makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> what about the the characters that we get to see now more in the temple? We see Mace Windu again. We see um, you know Yoda. We see the council meeting. We I get a lot love more it when with we see that. the council. I love it when we see them. Any of them use lightsabers, use force, whatever. Mm-hmm. I wish there would have been more of that in the prequel tr- trilogy. And with this, uh, with the council meeting, you see that a there's a lot that are remote. They're calling in, they're voice conferencing in, right. hollow conferencing in, right? Um, from their different battlefronts that they're at, <laughs> battlefront, and uh, <laughs> and oh, you just got that on your mind, don't you? <laughs> you also see empty chairs, right? Masters have died, right? In this war, so it was really just it wasn't like call, called out. I don't remember it being called out that like we've lost a lot of Jedi masters or something like that. They just it was shown. It has to be assumed. Yeah, for the uh, you know the Clone Wars, right? I mean, we saw quite a few die uh, mm-hmm. in, in the movie in itself. You know what I mean? So it's accurate, and it's a it's a really good observation for uh, the viewers to make. But it's also a really good job of you know Lucas and whoever to to show that scene. Mm-hmm. Again, I wish we would have seen a lot more of the council because th- those are some of my favorite scenes. Yeah, I mean, it's always interesting because like the fr- in Episode One, you saw the council when. They took Anakin up there, you know, and he did the, the whole Pictionary card trick thing. Mm-hmm. And then you see it a little bit in Episode 2. Not Again, not a whole lot. They're just yeah. sitting around again. And now here you see more because it's kind of more focused around the destruction of the Jedi and them kind of beginning to sense something's going on. They should do a prequel to the trilogy, a prequel to the prequel trilogy <laughs> that just focuses on Yoda's path to 
becoming a Jedi Master and Yoda's story. Yeah, building a building the Jedi Council, the Jedi Temple, and stuff like that. That'd be really cool, I think. Yeah, well, but if you look at it though, I think the temple even would predate Yoda. Then just about the Jedi Council in general, I think, would be a really good one. Just how they came into existence and how they formed and how they built. Well, then you'd need to go like way back, like. And this is legend now too, like the the Knights of the Old, Old Republic, Republic series yeah. and things like that. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool. I would love to see a movie based on the Old Republic. The, why don't they just make a uh, Knights of the Old Republic movie? They should. That'd be amazing. Yeah, it'd be really good. That could be that could be like a Knights of the Old Republic, like a, a trilogy type thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, love it. it'd, be, it'd be really cool. Obviously, though, they'd they'd probably go overboard. Then they'd have like a solo person. They'd have a Skywalker, like a great 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 grandpa or something like that so it'd be cool that they could introduce introduce some people from the games like revan and mm-hmm. you know things like that i think that'd be a really cool opportunity but revan, and I Bastila, that, yeah and i know that they're doing the han solo movie mm-hmm. right is, is that the only one that they've announced or do you know more? the only one that's been officially like announced that that's what they're doing there's assumptions that other ones might be like vader or something like that but yeah yeah we know about him rogue ones next year that'd be fine rogue ones gonna be good that's gonna be fun. well i'm I prefer Knights of the Old Republic, but I'll take I what know, I can get. Exactly. So, <laughs> anyway, the Jedi Council, obviously, we, we get more time with them here, but I'm going to jump forward just a little bit to Order 66. Uh, so, with when you watch this movie, just the movie itself, it seems quick and abrupt, kind of. Mm-hmm. But I've said it before, and I'll say it again, is like when you watch The Clone Wars, the TV show that was part of canon that has the Ahsoka character, Rex, you know, you get more with all these clones. Yeah. That they work so close with these Jedi, they they respect them, they revere them, then to have this, which in the Clone Wars is like a little chip that kind of kicks off and has them execute Order 66, which right. inhibits anything other than listening to what Palpatine just told them to do. Right. Um, really heart-wrenching, in a way. I wanted to cry when I saw the scene, and mm-hmm. the music is really good, too. Very somber, very sad, because you're, you're going through, like, these these, these heroes mm-hmm. that you've played before. You've played Jedi Power Battles or something like that. You've played as Mace Windu. You've played as Ki-Adi Mundi. You've played as Kit Fisto and things like that. And you really have to watch the clone... I know I haven't watched a ton of Clone Wars, but you really have to watch some of these Clone Wars, and you really have to get into the backstory to appreciate these characters because they don't do a ton of build-up here in the, you know, in the actual movie episode three. Mm-hmm. They just kind of take you into whatever, you know, battlefront huh, mm-hmm. that they're on at the time, and they just show the, the, basically the end, right? Right. But I think it hurt more for the fans that know these characters because mm-hmm. of the backstories that we've seen or read about. Yeah, because, I mean, you can see and name a lot of these Jedi. Otherwise, if you're just watching the movie, you're just like, a random Jedi dies here and there. But with the Clone Wars, you get the backstory, and you get the story in the clones. Like Commander Cody. Yeah. You get his backstory in there. And he opens fire on Obi-Wan. Yep. I mean, it's it's interesting to see this and also just really informs the... If you think that this movie is too abrupt either on Anakin's turn or on this Order 66 mm-hmm. and it just doesn't have the impact and you're a Star Wars fan you need to go back and watch the Clone Wars yeah it, it may start out like the first couple seasons of Clone Wars we've talked about this already but first couple seasons of Clone Wars may not have had the, the pull to a lot of people but from season 3 to the end 
everything's amazing, and everything just adds to this legend of Star Wars. Yeah. Myth, if you will. So It's not a myth, it's canon. Canon, there you go. <laughs> so with with this, well, okay, now we'll backtrack a little bit. Before before Order 66 is executed, you get, you know, Obi-Wan goes to Utapau, the Utapau wins. I thought that they would be, from the trailer, I thought they would have a bigger role in this movie mm-hmm. because they were in the trailer for one thing. Yeah. But it was just for the look of the, the new alien type creature. And then Obi-Wan goes there, confronts Grievous by just like dropping down and into this den of nothing but droids. And like, hello there. And I love the whole... It's great. I love that line. Yep. And then, you know, he... It's a very Qui-Gon thing to do right there. Mm, I don't know if it's a Qui-Gon thing to do, but it's an old Ben thing. Like, the way he delivered that line. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The line delivery, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And just like, you could see him like, well, what do I do? What would Anakin do in this situation? He'd just fall down there. Yeah, go to shot. You know? And it's... It was funny just to see that reaction and then him to be able to just like... He pulled he pulled a Dooku and dropped the box on those magma droids. He did, and then uh, Grievous is just like, "I'll take him." He pulls out his four lightsabers, which the first time you saw that, that was cool, right? Oh yeah, the four lightsabers coming out. Then the, the yeah, because like when he's walking towards Obi Wan, he's spinning those. I'm thinking, how do you block this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then you know, it goes and swings it, and he quickly loses. Times it right out, uh-huh. right? <laughs> well, he has got the force. I mean, sure. And uh, <laughs> Grievous quickly loses two of the sabers, so the four lightsaber things is quickly ended. But Good thing. That would have been hard to dodge four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then during this fight, um, the clones come in and save him, and all this stuff happens. It's a great little fight. Yeah, I agree. And he goes through and defeats Grievous by using a blaster, and he says, you know, so uncivilized, and throws the blaster away. It's just another great callback to episode four, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Or, I guess it wouldn't be a callback technically at this point. It'd be foreshadowing for episode four. Get but it? it's a callback foreshadowing. for us because of the, the time frame when the movie yeah, was exactly. released. So we know. Uh, and then concurrently at the same time, you know, because Star Wars is always telling multiple threads that come together or come to a conclusion at the same time. Anakin's discovered that uh, Sidious is actually Palpatine. And those are there's a couple of intense scenes when he goes and he talks to him. And I think they're watching some kind of a, a show. An opera. Yeah. yeah, some kind of an opera. That's an intense scene. He tells them that he, you know, he was about the, the guy that, you know, the Sith master. Darth Plagueis. That, yep, that knew how to cheat death and a yeah. bunch, of, bunch of bull. And I, I love the, uh, when that scene starts, Anakin shows up there and he's like, oh, Anakin. And then he's, he, Palpatine's watching with some other bureaucrats and he's just like, leave us. Leave us. Yeah. Like the way he says it's like, leave us. <laughs> Like, you definitely like a Palpatine, or Sidious way to say that's it. That's a Sidious, but, but it's like, that's kind of how he carried himself, right? Mm-hmm. Even as a even as a politician. Yeah. And you know, like, Palpatine is the ultimate villain, because the entire Star Wars saga is manipulated by him, right? He's always pulling the strings to get what he wants. You know, earlier in the movie, he asks Anakin to sit on the council to be a member of him, and Anakin just obviously assumes, oh, I'll be a master now, this is amazing. And then, you know, the Jedi Council's like, no, you're not a master. And it's, it's funny because it's, it's a Mace Windu that says it, Sam Jackson. Yep. And there's this thing on, online where you, you can go Google it or find it. It's like Mace Windu and Anakin, what? <laughs> okay. So if you've ever seen Pulp Fiction, you know that uh, uh, Sam Jackson doesn't always like when he's asked what. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> 
Okay. Say what again? What? <laughs> Take a seat. <laughs> but no, it's just it's so good. Uh, you need to you need to Google that and find that and watch that. It's just like a couple minutes thing. <laughs> Wear headphones when you watch it because depending on which version you watch, you might get some interesting oh, sure. Sam Jackson language. So, it's one of those scenes that you start to kind of see Anakin's like, you know, frustration. He's with losing the Jedi. faith in the Jedi. Mm-hmm. He's losing faith in the Jedi. He knows that he wants to be more powerful. Palpatine is always feeding that. You want more. You mm-hmm. you've told me this and that. You know, because he's well, obviously he, he feeds it too. Even by asking him to be on the council, he's like, "Well, if you know, if he was in charge, I'd be on the council. I'd be a master. I'd be right. his right hand man." Right. And he, he's telling him, "Whoa! If I had this, I, mm-hmm. you would be here." And that's exactly what Anakin wants to hear. So he's, he's always twisting and turning what he wants to hear. Again, Anakin's fall to the dark side in Episode Three could be perceived as quick. But if you look at the subtleties in the movie, it's really not. But if you watch the Clone Wars again, it's always slowly turned and manipulated by Palpatine. Yeah, I agree. So he, Anakin turns, uh, Anakin tells them that this is Sidious. Which is good, Yeah. right? I mean. He does the right thing. And you come to this point where he tells Mace and he's like, okay, I'm going to grab four other masters. We're going to go arrest him. You wait here. If you, what you tell me is true, you'll have my trust. He, he would have been a master at that point. He would have. What's he, he doing? Been. And he would have been, everything would have been hunky-dory. He would have had the children. That was the shatter point. If you're familiar with Mace Windu, his, one of his abilities is like yep. the shatter point. That things will either break and go one way or another point from that moment forward. So every time I watch that movie with this scene where he's, he's sitting there and you got that, that voice, that vocal, uh, that long, drawn-out, a vocal melody. Okay. And it kind of cuts from him just looking out at the sunset of Coruscant, and it cuts back and forth between him and Padme. Yeah. And it has, like, the overlay of what Palpatine says, like, if they kill me, you'll never be able to save Padme. Right. And so, you know, he's very well-done scene, honestly. Like, just the... Filmed well, absolutely. Filmed, audio, the cues, all there. Anakin actually even drops a tear. I don't know... Whatever. It was a little like a little water thing, right? You know, exactly, a little raindrop or something. It was such a great scene, and every time I watch it, I just want him to stay. Yeah, stay put. How much different would it be if he doesn't make that move? If he just stays? Yeah, yeah. I like I've gone through it. I'm like he would be alive and fine and a Jedi Master, but he'd probably still have the dark inclinations. But with Palpatine gone, and you know. The council trusting him and him under he mean yeah. being able to, if he got the ability to talk to Qui Gon, mm-hmm. like Obi Wan and Yoda does, yeah, I think that he's back on. He could have been there. I mean, maybe somewhere down the line he would have fed those tendencies, and we would have had a, a Sith Lord on our hands, right? But he would have been alone in that. Mace wouldn't have died because ain't nobody gonna kill Mace. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, Mace Mace had him beat. Now yeah. was that because? Was it because Anakin was coming in the room and Palpatine wanted him to see like that? Or was it because Mace had him beat? I think Mace had him beat. I think he just outdueled him. Because, I mean, you could say, well, he walked in there with three well, Jedi, he in there but... With, yeah, but they were gone in a minute. They sucked. <laughs> I mean, one of them parried three times. Uh, Kit Fistu was able to parry three times before he got stabbed, but the mm-hmm. other two were like, stab, stab. Yeah. I think he took two out in, like, like two, one swing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he... Flops over there, one, two, Perry, Perry, dead, 
Ben Mace. That was all that was left. Yeah. I mean, we're supposed to interpret that he is just that crafty with the lightsaber, right? But uh, but I think Mace had him beat. I don't think Mace dies there. Order 66 never gets executed because no one is alive to give the order. Anakin mm-hmm. doesn't turn. I think we win that war. Mm-hmm. They raise the kids. Luke and Leia are happy ever after. Brother and sister, they never kiss. But then we don't get any more movies, so I like the way that it turned out. Well, you never know. Maul was still out there, as far as we know. Yes. So this scene, obviously, you know, Yoda senses it that something's happening, and he he knows something's going wrong, right? He can feel it, like, almost in his heart. Right. Like, he grabs his chest, yeah. And he just, he gets it, and he understands that something is wrong, something's going on. And he's more wary about things happening. And then you see you see all these other clones going and executing the Order 66 on the Jedi that they're with. And then you see them get the order to do it to Yoda. And he just, like, he knows something's up. Smacks, one hit. They, you know, both guys go down. Do you think he was, like you said, he was extra wary, right? Does mm-hmm. he still make that same move if he didn't? Because we're going to assume that they killed all the other Jedi, or most of the other Jedi, to the point that he could feel that something was wrong. Mm-hmm. What if he was first? What if Order 66 says, take Yoda first, cut off the head? I, I think Does that he make he, that move? Does he sense that? I, I don't know. I don't think so, honestly. I don't he, he, so might, he might have sent some ill intent, but I don't think that he was extra wary because of the, everybody else being taken out. Right. So he felt all that. He felt Mace die. He felt these other council members die. He felt all these other masters just... Because, you know, Obi-Wan in episode four, you know, it's like a thousand or a million voices suddenly cried out when in they terror. Blow up. Yeah. Yeah. So Yoda was set off by that. Otherwise, he would have just been consumed with, this, with the war and what was happening on Kashyyyk. I think if they would have gone with him first, it would have been different. Yeah. I don't know. Does it ever show in Clone Wars uh, or any of the backstory that you've read, does it ever show, like, can, can he sense? Because they're clones, right? They're mm-hmm. not humans. Well, they are humans. Kind of. Uh, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, uh, they're, like, completely neutral. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're basically robotic humans. Can, can you sense? Could, could You don't think he would be able to sense it. I think he'd be able to ins- sense, like, intent. Right. Right? You can, I'm sure you can sense intent, especially when that intent is centered on you. Yeah. I'm sure that like, you can I'm going that. to kill you. Because, like, we saw it in episode two when the... Um, the little bug got in Padme's room mm-hmm. when she was sleeping. Too. Yeah. Right. So, I don't know. We'd like to think that Yoda would pull it off, but... His spider sense was tingling. Yeah. <laughs> just just a bad design of Order 66 there. But they did get most of them. Right. So, so I mean, all in all, it's a success on Palpatine's part, and he's all happy. He's going to the, count, or to the Senate with an emergency session and saying... You know, my battle with the Jedi has left me scarred and deformed. You know, he's playing out this whole... He's playing the political game, and yeah. he's a master at that. No one's going to contend. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, and this is what's going to happen, and they were trying to overthrow the whole Senate, and to protect this from ever happening again, I'm going to reorganize the Senate into the First Galactic Empire. He makes a compelling argument. Right? If I'm if I'm somebody that has no interaction with the Jedi, I just hear about them. He makes a compelling argument. Yeah. So I understand why everything happened the way that it did, right? 
And, and then my other question to you, because I pick your brain for Star Wars <laughs> theories, was Mace wrong to want to execute Palpatine? Was he breaking the... I mean, obviously he wasn't wrong, right? His reasoning, he's too dangerous to be left alive, is spot on. Because mm-hmm. he is. Because he's, you know, he's got the government under his thumb. Right. But does is he breaking the Jedi Code? No. Not, I wouldn't think so, because A, he he was the Senate. He owned the Senate, the courts, everything. Everybody was eating out of his fingers, out of his hand, right? Right. And A, he's a Sith Lord, too. Like, the Sith Lord. So, no, it's because of the, the evil that he had and the capacity that he would still use, Mace would have made the red call there. Because you can't stand trial at that point. Based you on the fact out. that he was a Sith Lord, though, not based on the fact that he had government under his thumb. I don't. Well, think even that. that. I mean, you put the two things together. I mean, because Anakin, Anakin was was pleading to Palpatine. He has to stand trial, mm-hmm. m- mostly for his own reasons that he wanted him to be left alive. Well, you can look at the evidence too, right? If you had the if you had the evidence, which Mace really didn't have, you had Anakin's word, right? And if you were to take it to trial, but you had evidence and you knew as a Jedi that this is what was right and this is what needed to be done as a council member, as one who's who knows what needs to be done and has studied the history of the Sith, um, someone else, like just looking completely from the legal point of view, is like, uh, there, there is no evidence of this. Uh, this is ridiculous. We, we, there is no impartial judge system anyway. Right. I, to try to say that, you know, to. How ridiculous would it be to say, like, the Chancellor of the Republic was in league with the uh, leader of the Confederacy, yeah. and this whole war was this big old thing. Yeah, and I'm not arguing that. Obviously, if they take it to trial, they lose. Right. Right? It, based on him being a Sith, he, I mean, I think they have every reason to kill him. But, you know, out, outside of that, though, he kind of does break the Jedi Code in a tiny way. He's executing somebody based on the based on at least one of his points being... He has the he has control of the Senate and the courts. He's mm-hmm. too dangerous to be left alive. That was his response to Anakin saying he should stand trial. Yeah, I mean, even earlier in the movie, Anakin kills ex- Dooku. Well, who? Anakin well, kills Dooku. Well, yeah, but I, I'm I'm talking about Mace. Yeah, but I mean, Anakin was the one that stopped this this death from happening. Where earlier he was like, "Well, I got no problem killing this guy." Well, we know why Anakin wanted Palpatine to be left alive, right? He wanted to learn how to cheat death from him, and he right. figured even if he's in jail, and that's the only reason that he. That's Anakin's motive, but right. at the same time, right? You're executing somebody based on how much political power they have. At least some part of that execution was based on that. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with Mace's decision. I just think it was interesting that he was willing to break that little part of the code. So I think that Mace would have turned necessary. himself in after that and faced justice. That could be. I think that's what, what, what would have gone down. Is like He would have pleaded his case, explained it, but then I think he would have stood trial himself and probably even been executed. What if it was Yoda there? I, I think they would both make the same call. Well, I mean, obviously Yoda, Yoda goes, goes to make... Yeah. Yoda goes after him, but that's only after he's executed all of his Jedi. Mm-hmm. And again, you couldn't before. even you couldn't even prove that he did that. You couldn't. I mean, you, you have like the clones who don't really know anything and would be under no obligation to report anything to anybody else. You just got the order that this is what happened, and you knew it. Right, and the Jedi are just in a position at that point where they just have to survive. Right. Um, but I mean, how much of their legal 
actions that they take are based off of their feelings of the force, not actual evidence. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just be interesting to see where that where that line is. You know what I mean? Like, right. Okay, I killed this person. You go before the council or you go before the Senate, and then the Senate asks you, why did you kill this person? Ah, I had a bad feeling. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, hey, my, my force, me the wrong way. Uh, yeah, it was going off here, so right. dead. I don't know. I just don't think that flies. But also, I mean, as a as a revealed leader of the opposition in a war, wartime overrides that. That's what I'm saying. They're just doing what they need to do to win the war, to survive. Right. But keepers of the peace right. peace is their title. Execution doesn't fall in there, I don't think. But so Mace is dead. Everybody, uh, that was a that was a horrible death. He was really just pushed out the window. See his face too. Mm-hmm. The face was great. He was really just pushed out the window, right? After he, he's he, fried, he could have landed somewhere. <laughs> he's landed from falls before, and he has no arm. Yeah, he lost his cool lightsaber. I love his lightsaber. Yeah, the purple. Mm-hmm. That that was a contingency. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson had on him being in the, which I don't even know if you want to be in the show. You know what I mean? I, there are so many high-profile actors that are taking s- very small roles just to be a part of mm-hmm. the Star Wars movie. Seems silly to put a <laughs> contingency on it, but I'm glad he did. I mean, it definitely sets him apart outside of him being, like, the only African-American Jedi. Right. You know what I mean? So now we're down to Obi-Wan and Yoda, and we're down to Anakin and Palpatine, or Darth Vader at this point, because... After Mace is pushed out the window, yeah. presumed dead. Presumed. You know, Anakin makes the decision to, to save Palpatine. So what yep. needs to be done then is the... Oh, someone's lights are on. Did you hear that? I did. I I don't know what type of vehicle it is. It, hope it's not mine. It might have been a, a blue speeder license plate Y0DA. <laughs> you should probably go check his lights. Anyway. What a jerk. That guy always leaves his lights on. <laughs> Wasting battery, man. He needs to jump every other day. Luckily, he can just call a Palpatine. He'll like, force lightning up, you're good to go. Um, so anyway, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, no, now we're down to Anakin and Yoda versus Darth Vader and, and Darth Sidious. So Obi-Wan and Yoda. Yes, sorry. <laughs> wow, Anakin's really playing both sides here, huh? <laughs> Just triple, uh, triple so, turn. So if Yoda fights Sidious, then Anakin, that's kind of accurate, right? He's at war with himself. He doesn't know. <laughs> that's true. So Anakin goes to Mustafar, kill all the leaders of, of the Confederacy at the request of, well, actually before that, he goes to the Jedi Temple. Yeah, that's the big one. Yeah, he goes to the Temple, and then it's all That's when it's really over. Out. That, that's when he's like completely... It's like he doesn't... There's no turning back. Yeah. He's killed children. Mm-hmm. Goes in. He leads the attack on the temple. Nobody stands a chance against him. Which, I mean, do you really have to kill children at that point? I mean, how much... How much influence do they... How much knowledge of the Force do they have at that age? Well, I would have thought it would have been more... Made more sense not to do that and just take them and make them like the Inquisitors or something like that that you see in Rebels. Yeah. Or make them something else. Because, like you said, they're they're they don't know. Yeah, they don't know the difference between right and wrong. You could channel their what little knowledge of the force that they have. They've been vetted by the council. Mm-hmm. Seems like a missed opportunity there, but 
Yeah, but he was following the the instructions given by Palpatine. Well, of course, do because, what must be done because right? Palpatine's motive is wipe out everybody. Right. And I'm the all powerful. Yeah. And that even is going to go for Anakin. Yep. So, Mustafar is where Anakin goes. It's a really cool. The volcano planet. Yeah. yeah. And that was always kind of a lore thing too. Like, how did why is Darth Vader in a suit? Is because of a battle on a, on right. a volcano. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool to see this battle. And this battle, the best action battle in the series. I would agree. I don't Absolutely. know if it's a safe. It's not my favorite lightsaber battle as in a whole, but the action of it is my favorite lightsaber battle. We we'll get to later on in the series, honestly. Okay. Just because of the emotion of that battle later on. Sure. So, but this one has the best, like, choreography. Yeah, fast pace. And it just completely, like, this place is destroying around them lava and everything. And just the music, the crescendo of this this music of the Battle of the Heroes is a score that kind of goes behind this. It's amazing. once they have that battle and Yoda and Sidious going at the same Mm -hmm. time, that, like, few minutes where they're both going, that's, like, the most intense and awe moment of Star Wars, I think, in the whole saga. Right. Because, I mean, you have these, the two all-powerfuls, right? Yoda and Palpatine fighting each other. And then you have the brothers fighting each other. And it's just... It, it's so unfortunate that we knew how the Yoda-Sidious battle was going to end. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them will die. Right. Neither, And you knew that neither one of Anakin or... Well, you knew something was going to happen. You knew Palpatine... I'm sorry. You knew... Obi-Wan would win because yeah. of what happens. We know Vader earlier. Can you imagine watching this and not knowing what's going to happen? Your mind would blow up. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, like, you know, Yoda is able to escape and that Anakin's burning. Like, you don't, like, he's dead. And, you know, in some people's opinions, he might be dead. If you watch it, one, two, three, four, five, six. And then the fact that you. You know, Palpatine shows up in the last minute, saves him, mm-hmm. takes him back to Coruscant, puts him in the suit. At the same time, Padme is dying. Yeah, she's give birth to the Luke and Leia, the twins, and you know they they can't explain why she's dying. And this is a point of contention for some people. But there's a theory that I like about this, about her death, and it's not that. So the robots say that for reasons we can't explain, she's dying. Right, that she's lost the will to live. Those robots don't know anything about the Force. Or the will to live. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't know anything about, you know, Darth Plagueis, the one who could influence life. To create life or to prolong life, taught Sidious everything he knew, right, quote-unquote. Oh. Anakin was dying. And Anakin had the emotional attachment the force connection because he said he felt her necessary to to combine and to prolong Vader's life that Palpatine I think and this theory says was taking from Padme infusing that you know energy to live into Palpatine into Vader yeah and that's why he said he felt her like she was alive I felt it you know it's a very interesting theory so I think that that's really what happened is that Palpatine was able to do that, influence the clone. When he told the story of Darth Plagueis to Anakin in the opera, did he allude to the fact that the apprentice is who he referred to, but it was he was referring to himself. Did he allude to the fact that he was able to acquire the knowledge to do what Darth Plagueis... He said that he 
He said, fortunately, he, tur- he taught his apprentice everything he knew, and then his apprentice killed him in his sleep, right? Because he didn't need him anymore? Right. But I don't think that later on you see that we'll f- together we'll find a way to cheat death. That's right? true. So. so he said it was only achieved by one, by Plagueis. So. Yeah, that's but, right. And that's why this, this theory about her, how, her, how she really dies makes a lot of sense. I mean, she wasn't completely devoid of force ability either. I mean, you know, she she had something in her, mm-hmm. too. She had two somethings in her. Well, you know what I mean? She had some kind of force ability in her to some capacity. Maybe they were linked somehow. Mm-hmm. But I like your theory. I think Yeah. it is what it is. It is what it is, and I, I like that theory, and that's the theory that I, I apply to the situation. Yeah, and the ending is just perfect. I mean, we knew that it was going to end like this. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you, again, if you're watching in order 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, man, you just want to go right into 4 after this, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yoda goes into exile into Dagobah. Uh, we see Antilles get Leia to raise on beautiful Alderaan. That's the only time we ever see Alderaan. Yeah, but then it's like, think about, that's like 20 years later, 30 years later, something like that. It's, no, it's not that long. About 20 years. 20 years later. So now the movie that we're about to see, Force Awakens, is like if you think about the beginning of Episode 4, we're looking at a very similar 30-year 30, yeah. 30 difference. Do you think it's going to be the same type of entrance? Like, it's going to be a very ease the characters in? I don't know. I think I think whatever they do for The Force Awakens, it'll be great. Because yeah. they, they tied these two series together really well with the end with Luke going over to Tatooine and, and the dual sunset and everything. It's just a great ending for, for tying the series together. Um, yeah. And like I said, you know, I could talk about this movie for days. Yeah. This score is amazing. It's my favorite, I believe, of the entire saga. Uh, it's it got some of the great cues. And, we, and they had a lot more material to work with, right? Which now, looking ahead to Force Awakens, they have even more material and more instruments to, to do that with. Mm-hmm. That's why I think you're more hyped. You're so oh, hyped it's going to be so right? good. Yeah. Um, but next week, we will be talking about Star Wars Rebels. So the first season is out and available to watch on Blu-ray. Uh, second season is underway. You can watch it on Disney XD. Are you all caught up? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to talk. How'd I even ask? <laughs> uh, dude, yeah. You don't even ask. Of course. Um, and my question for the listeners and question for you. Alex, just go ahead and tweet this out to us later because we we're running out of time sure. now. Do you ever watch a movie, know what's going to happen, but still find yourself wishing the character would make a different choice like Anakin? He, he went to the council, or he was up in the council chamber, but then he chose to leave and go, and just the whole situation changes. Every time I watch that scene, I want it to, to stop. And just wait there, and the whole thing would change. Do you ever visualize it too, after after he makes that? Oh yeah, I've got better choice in my head. <laughs> so go ahead and tweet us at Entertaining Pod and let us know what you think. I want to know what your thoughts are too, and everybody else does, I'm sure. So that'll do it for us this week. You can follow the show on Twitter at Entertaining Pod. Shoot us an email that's entertaining at gmail.com. Alex, you're on Twitter. Yep, at d o u e one h one. Same Xbox Live Gamer tag. And I am on Sith. I am on Twitter at Sith Nightmare S I T H K N I G H T M A R E, and I'm on Xbox Live and most other places at Spider Jedi. That'll do it for us this week. We hope that you have been entertained.